Welcome, jazz hams, to part two of our episode on Ziegfeld Follies. As you might remember, our recording session was epically long as we had many opinions on the various segments of the movie. And now, without further ado, part two. Then we get past that and we get to another lovely number. Yes, Fred Astaire and Lucille Bremer. And she does, she's pretty much Fred's partner in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. And I was looking her up because I'm like, Who's this? Yeah, girl? Who, is who is this? Like, she's being featured very heavily and like presented as if she's a big deal. And I'm like, you do not look familiar, and I have never seen you before. And I was right because uh, they saw her in a specialty act at a nightclub, signed her, Louis B. Mayer, signed her to MGM uh, to and put her immediately cast her in as the older sister in Meet Me in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and then put her in this. And then she had like one more big and was really trying to build her up. Or was it Freed? It might have been Freed that found her. I think it was Freed. And was trying to build her up as the uh, next big star. Uh, screen test impressed Mayer. Tart was building her up as the next oh, big star. Oh, Freed found her, then Mayer really liked her. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. But it, it didn't take. Yeah. Like they were, they um, she she's fucking Charlie Hunnam is what she is. Like, so they put her up against a stair in uh, Yolanda and the Thief, which I've never heard of. Which, never heard of, which um, doesn't reassure me anymore. And uh, it was a huge failure. It's this like surrealist fantasy that apparently wasn't popular with like wartime audiences, and so they were like, "Well, it's clearly not Fred, so it must be your fault." And or it could be like, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, so that kind of killed her career. <laughs> she got married and retired. So, yeah, it didn't work out for her. She's the Charlie Hunnam of movie musicals. Except that they, well, I, I only say that because they were trying to make her a star and it just clearly wasn't going to take. She's very pleasant, but she's not memorable at all. Yeah, she's fine. Like, she's the fucking George Murphy of, of in female form. Michelle Monaghan. <laughs> she's my ultimate forgettable actress. <laughs> I Except can't even. She's in Fallout. She's she in... is, and she came up, and I was like, "That is the same one from before, right?" <laughs> That's funny because I remember Michelle Monaghan. I've been a fan of hers. I and I'm sure they could have are... put another brunette in there, and I would have been like, "Sure, it's probably her." Oh, and I'm sure there are people who would listen and be like, "How can you? Charlie Hunnam's great," and I'm like, "Yeah, I." Anytime he pops up, I'm like. Have I seen him before? He looks vaguely familiar. It's in Pacific Rim. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and yet when I watch Pacific Rim, I'm like, have I seen you in something before? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's in that. And he's in uh, Crimson Peak. And uh, he's in that terrible King Arthur movie. Oh, my God. And uh, that was the one where I saw the poster for that night. And it's Charlie Hunnam. And I'm just like, oh, quit trying to make Fetch happen. <laughs> Jesus. He's just not uh, going to be a he star. Was, he was going to be Christian Grey in oh, uh, my God. Fifty Shades of Grey originally. Oh, my God. I might have actually seen it then. <laughs> I, I, would, I would hate watch the shit out of that. Right. Yeah, right. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so anyway, next up. So we're on the Fred and Lucille number. Yes. This heart of mine where uh, it's a big fancy ball. 
and Fred comes in clearly as some sort of con artist and has a great He's got big, a monocle, so you know. Yeah, I can't trust those fuckers. <laughs> and he grabs Lucille Brimmer and they go out. This is where they're in, I call it like the wedding cake because it's this round room. Yeah, it's really cool. Red on the inside with these white mannequin trees. Which we spent most of the time wondering if they were real people or not. <laughs> yeah, we're like... at the end you get a close up and instead it's got that creepy face painted on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely human, they're definitely statues or like some Yeah, kind of they're humanoid statues that are turning into trees. I don't know. That are also light fixtures holding up lights. Like, it's fucked up. It's surreal as shit is what it yeah. is. Yeah, I think it was that number. I was like, some drugs would really have helped this experience. <laughs> so the walls are red and there are these white mannequin tree light fixture melting things. And then all these gorgeous gowns dancing around with a lot of yellow. A lot of yeah. really yes. like chartreuse like, crazy yellow. Like banana yellow. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like super, super, super vibrant. And so then he takes her outside and they do a dance and he well, sings her a little song. And when he takes her, that's what we mentioned before where the building closes up as they come outside. Yeah. So the, the walls closed. Now it's this circle, this cylinder that looks it's like, like a, a cake closed that in also gazebo, has basically. more crazy weird people yes. giant yeah. tree yeah. people like statue things statue tree people around the outside and they're dancing around outside they go all the way downstage and do that lovely dance then they go up onto that platform where there are two opposing treadmills that they're ballroom dancing on and it's amazing it's yeah. really good it that's when really you're kind of like oh this was okay i guess like it's fun because it's Fred, but like I wasn't really feeling that dance number. And then they go up there and they get on like the conveyor belt. So you're just like, oh shit, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really clever. And yeah. then they come back down where they had been before and oh, it's a turntable. And suddenly there are these couples, each with their own individual tree <laughs> that they're right. lounging yes. on. That then in the middle they go, excuse me, pick up the tree, move to another place, put it down and pretend they never did it. Yeah. Lounge some more. Well, and the um, staging of that is great too, where like, you know, you, you see Fred and Lucille like on the turntable, like on the platter as it starts to it spin. It starts to spin and suddenly people start rotating in. Yeah, and it's like yeah. zoomed in just far enough that you can't you can't quite see the edge of the, the platter. So you don't so see them like come on file. the platter. Yeah. So it's like they're just appearing. You're like, wait. And at least no one walks. At, at least no one walks directly in front of the camera on this one. Right. <laughs> I thought that was on purpose, but I think it was a fuck up. It had to be. It had to be. So we'll get back to that later. Yeah. That reference, and then, um, and then, oh, and the gowns the women are wearing in that number are this lovely procession of like purple mm-hmm. yes to purple to pink, mm-hmm. and it's really cool looking. Like that number, the art direction. Is insane. It's really good. It's and of course Vincent Minnelli loved his fucking color palette, so it looks amazing. Especially anytime it's a dance number, it's like yes, thank yeah. you. Right. Except for one notable exception. Um, yeah. So next up is the sweepstakes ticket with Fanny oh. Bryce, who was an original ah. Ziegfeld Follies comedic star. Still giving me a heart attack. It was wow, and the mugging. So much mugging. I mean, that's where you really go, yep, this is somebody who was a stage comedian. Right. And then they bring in, so the whole thing is she's broke. She calls 
tries to make a phone call. The uh, oh, please don't go through the whole. The, the, yeah, yeah. The telephone the people are like, "You're broke," and so the whole joke is that like everything she's broke, and then they give this sweepstakes thing, and then their landlord, played by William Frawley, who is Fred, best known as Fred Mertz on I Love Lucy, uh, comes in, and they have the sweepstakes. He has the sweepstakes thing for reasons that don't matter, and they're trying to steal it from him. And then in the end, it turns out that Basically, they won, he's got and that the lottery gives him, ticket. Yeah, yeah, and at the end, it turns out that it, they. They let him know that he won it, and he dies, and they take it from him. He has a heart attack of joy, and they're like, ha, oh, we got the ticket back. Which was their ticket all the time. And do you recognize who the other dude was? No. That was Hume Cronin. Sure. Um, he was in Cocoon, and yeah, Batteries not included. Like, he got weirdly a second wind of famous as an elderly actor. Interesting. M- married to his wife, Jessica Tandy. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So... I know Jessica Tandy better than I know him. So. Yeah, <laughs> that is very much the case for most people. Yeah, we can just get past that one now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was just upset because I saw William Frawley's name in the credits, and I was like, "Yay, I'm excited about this!" Because I grew up watching I Love Lucy, and you know, yeah, but he doesn't get to do one damn funny. And thing. he's just—I was like, "What a fucking waste!" I do like his suit, though. <laughs> His suit's really, he has that like blue suit and then like yeah. the, the like brown and yellow suspenders. And yeah. I was like, that's a good look. Um, that's pretty much the best thing that can be said about him. <laughs> and um, that whole skit. Yeah. Next up was Love with Lena Horn. It was fine. Yeah, it's fine. I was worried that that was the one well, yeah, that was going to be problematic. Because it's Lena Horn, they, the setting is um, a Caribbean. Yeah, it's Caribbean, yeah, like, and kind of, yeah. everybody on the set is black. And so it's this kind of ghetto. In in the older use of the word ghetto, which is a a neighborhood that is homogeneously all the same ethnic and culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she didn't like that. Lena Horne did not like that the setting that they put that song in was so limited in its presentation like uh yeah so unimaginative compared to literally everything else right. in the movie yeah <laughs> and the rest so, are so like surreal and bananas and then that yeah. one's just like i mean it really is the most stereotypical bullshit ever yeah like and even if you look at it on wikipedia everything else has like a good paragraph written about it and uh, Love is just like another standard, this time by Martin and Blaine, sung by Lena Horne. And that's literally all they have to say about it. Lena refused to record it for Good. for release um, because she didn't like how it was presented in the movie. Yeah. Um, although she did continue to sing the song for the rest of her life in her nightclub acts. I mean, so. it's not a bad song. It's not a bad song, and she sings it well. And and, and she's lovely. And Yeah. yeah I mean, it's her just, just singing it would be would be entertaining. Yeah. Like, just let her stand there in a great gown. Also, she didn't get a good gown. No. Every other woman in this thing gets a great gown when they right. sing. And they're just like, oh, look, you're African-American. Stand around in that. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't... God, some of those gowns. No words. Yeah. Anyway, so that bothered me. Uh, next we get When Television Comes. I don't know why that's the name of the sketch, but it's Red Skelton, who at least is funny. Ish. Raspberries. Like I've seen Red Skelton be very funny in movies, and that yeah, yeah. buys him a lot of leeway. This was because the funniest I know, of them for yeah, sure. Because yeah. I know he can be funny, right. and that this is again 
just a bit that doesn't work on screen it's, anymore. Again, all of the mugging and the faces and all that. I'm just like, cool. Yeah, but when he says, Smooth. it's funny until they do it about 43 times. Yeah, and yeah then he, I does, was it, he does it like three or four times. And... He does it five times. Okay. Yeah, he, <laughs> he breaks the rule of three on that because the first three times I giggled, I'm like, <laughs> well, because it gets progressively more ridiculous. More yeah. ridiculous. And then it kind of hits the peak. And he does it a couple more times. You're kind of like, okay, should have stopped. Also, when he said subpoena, that was funny. That I was did good. like that, that one. Uh, well, it's supposed to be somebody's name. He's like, we're going to introduce Mr. Uh, subpoena? Yeah, the sponsor. <laughs> like, Mr. And then he pulls the thing out. Subpoena. Yeah. What? I thought it was going to be, they only did that bit twice. And I thought the whole thing was going to be a lot of that bit where he pulled the wrong paper out of his pocket. Right. Um, fortunately, they did not do it many more times. No. And it was mercifully short. It was. It, yeah. That's probably why it works better than honestly any of the rest is yeah. because it's it's it really short. And then it's pretty. Move on. Um, I do like the name Guzzler's Gin. That's, <laughs> that's a good comedy name. Guzzler's Gin in two sizes. <laughs> yeah, and he's like twenty nine sizes. He's like have it after dinner or have it before dinner, and you won't need and you won't need to eat anything. I think my cat just fell she off. She definitely over did. There. She, there were some papers, and she must have thought the not papers were solid. Yeah, they yeah, were, those not, were not load bearing papers. <laughs> and she just whooped right. She's hiding now because she's got to preserve her dignity. <laughs> Always dignity. So, um, I, and it has a lot of the stuff that like is really good with um, sort of vaudeville things. Like, I like the fact that he like the hat. Yeah. yeah, where he like turns a hat inside out to be the um, like a mortar. Yeah, like a like mortar. Professor's board. mortar. And then turn like each time he goes back to being the other character, it gets like droopier on his head, and his suit fits shittier, and he's like basically looking like a drunk. Um, that's all. That's all fine. Um, it's it's it, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> It was the best. It's like at least it felt like a comedy routine, right. even if I wasn't like dying laughing at it. I was like, at least I see what the jokes here are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see why this could be funny, right? Um, next was the notable exception for the for like throughout. If it's a dance number, it's a lot more enjoyable. The you, notable you remember exception that music cue we talked about earlier. Oh God. It's it's back. It kind of starts a little bit and then um they pan across as there's a um The name old, of the piece is the Limehouse Blues. As a there's an old uh Chinese man smoking a pipe and all of us just went yeah. Oh no. And then it got worse. We're like, oh, here it comes. Uh, I was, I was not expecting it to go. I did not realize Fred Astaire was going to be playing a Chinese man. Yeah. Yeah, he's in full yellow face. That he was going to have eye prosthetics. Yep. Because um, at first, you know, you just hit the outfit that he's wearing. You're like, okay. I mean, like, I clearly, clearly, I get it. And, and then Lucille you zoom Brimmer in on his face, again, right? Oh no. What? Is it Lucille Brimmer again? Yeah. yeah. And she's got some eye makeup going on. I didn't even notice hers because I was just so. It's not as well. First off, we don't know her face as well as we know Fred Astaire's. That's true. So his is so off-putting. Just like he looks like an alien, Um, (laughs) because 
it's like it's almost his face and then it's not. And so it just, it gives him a weird look anyway. And then it's racist on top of that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the premise is he sees a pretty girl. He stalks her. Uh, she sees a, he watches her admire a fan in a window. He's looking at the fan when a robbery happens and as he's thinking of it, literally about stealing the fan for her, he gets shot by the robbers. And then he has a death fantasy of dancing with her, with the fans. <laughs> and then uh, we come back, he dies, and she walks off with another man. Because she never noticed him at all. Happy ending. Yay. Yeah. And the thing is, I didn't like the dancing. I really didn't. It I was, wasn't great. Yeah, I was I mean, so distracted by the fans and what they were doing, and all I could think is, you just really wanted to do this number, and I don't even like what you're doing with it because you're doing your typical jazz ballroom and just adding these random fans. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're going to culturally appropriate, could you do it better? Yeah. The set design, though. This, the costume design is... <laughs> That shit insane. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you were so interested if you were so interested in wanting to do something with those fans, why didn't you watch what the culture did with those fans? Yeah, right. To get more interesting ideas than just waving them around. Yeah. That's like like oh um, for sure. Well, like uh, what. Um, King and I. Jack Cole did for Kismet where he was studying Hindu dance yeah. and pulled those influences in. Yeah. Um, but it was it was in a much more nuanced and like understood way. Like there had right. clearly been research done and like yeah. tribute. Like Well, and it was exploring the forms yeah. without feeling so appropriative. Right. Whereas this was like, look, I'm doing vaguely Asian things because I have fans in my hands. No, it's not remotely it Asian. It like vaguely Asian and things. It's, it's just like, hey, fans. And it, and that makes it like, uh, it offends me. It offends yeah. me even more because yeah. it's just shitty choreography. Um, and the set's but, real pretty. The set's pretty and the costumes are fascinating because they're just batshit. Yeah. Like, they don't even make sense. What are they? I think they're supposed to be, like, lily pads. I think so. Except that they're walking around with weird, like, honest to God, looking like aliens might be trying to eat their heads. They look like alien pods. Like, like the face hugger pods (laughs) are kind of on their head as hats. Which is interesting. Like, if face huggers had leapt out while they were (laughs) dancing... Guys, I kind of want a face hugger ballet now. Make it happen. Like they're dancing, they're running away from the face huggers, and then they're keeping the face huggers off them. They're going to do some choreography there. And then you get the comedy ending where the face huggers on them and they're just stumbling around into walls. Come on. That would be a great comedy ballet. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I mean, I'd watch it. (laughs) If we put some tap in, Michael like it. Sure, probably, <laughs> depending on who's doing the tap. Um, oh, next up. Oh, I thought we were about to get it. I was trying to segue into the tap number, and then I realized there's one in between. <laughs> and this is where things started to improve, thank God. Yeah. In- uh, yeah. This Judy Garland is a great lady giving an interview. Yeah, so there's, it starts with the reporters coming, these like flippy boy reporters coming in. Carry in the van and it all. 
uh, to this room and there's really only one flippy boy, but I feel like all of them see him. I feel like all of them were flippy boys yeah. who were constrained by their circumstances. I do really like there's one part when they're when they're in the door. It's right before the the guy flips into the room because there's they're coming out from the sides, <laughs> yeah. and then there's the one guy who just like leans down from well, the top. I of the was doorway. already tickled because the one guy just rose up <laughs> yeah. in the frame, <laughs> right. and then some other guy from the the top of the door frame just upside his down, head yeah. upside down. I'm like, okay, that's that's always a classic. That's yeah. Just, um, it had a very, like the way it started, I, it, it re- definitely reminded me a lot of the, um, is that It's Always Fair Weather? Yeah. With the shooting? Yeah. The yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The way the men kind of came in on that, I was like, oh, we're going to get something fun like that. It goes in a different direction. Um, Judy Garland does not murder a single one of them, but she's delightful in this. Yeah. She's playing this very... She's very, she has this very flowy sort of like nightgown thing, but it's like... And this long, fluffy handkerchief she's waving around. And she's very much the actress who is the grand lady of the theater who is taking herself very seriously. Her entrance is comedy gold. Yes. Just the way she moves and poses and everything. How nice of you all to show up so suddenly. Like you just dropped in. You dropped in. Look at you dropping in, dropping in. And and then she starts talking about how she just liked to be cool instead of so dramatic. Oh, here, let me tell you about my new project. And then the whole song and dance is telling, it turns slowly into a dance as the men start swaying and then tapping in rhythm. And then she starts speaking in rhythm and then eventually turns into a dance. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's telling the plot of this movie she's going to do about the woman who invented the safety pin. Yes. <laughs> and that's right. sort of the punchline is, and she invented... The safety pin! (laughs) Hallelujah! And then they break into a whole hallelujah chorus thing, and then the safety pin! I'm like, what the shit? It's really weird, but it all works for me. It was so great! I don't... Part of me is like, I wonder how much I would have loved it earlier in the movie, or if it was just I was so desperate for anything good. (laughs) Right? Yeah. But that one's... It's also really weird... Um, because it all of these so um all of these bits are um introduced by a book. Um, so you get kind of like honestly a title card. Yeah, on the vaudevillian stage, except yes. it's a book. And so you get like first it's Zig Zigfeld's Follies, and then the page opens up, and you get the first like whatever. Intro. Well, with, and it honestly is like the so name like of the scene. The name and of the person, yes, and uh, who did this, like the music and lyrics, usually, or um, even who directed it. Some of them it says who directed. Yeah, probably like whichever ones were Manelli like credits. Yeah, because yeah. uh, originally someone else was supposed to direct this one. Did you read that? Yeah. Um, and then Manelli took over, and because he, he was dating Julie Garland at the time. Um, I think actually it was George Sidney was supposed to direct. That's it. who it was. And George Sidney, he was, George Sidney directed Showboat. Yeah. the Our last episode, as well as Annie Get Your Gun and The Three Musketeers. He was a regular with the Freed Unit, and he did direct three of the segments. So I'm not, I didn't read further to find out why they replaced him, but they, they were like, Vincent, take over. Yeah. But there are seven directors credited on this, which is weird. Um, 
the love, the Lena Horne love segment that was by Lemuel Ayers. And he was a set designer from Broadway. Freed brought him out to be a set designer. So he probably, he direct he designed a lot of those sets. And then they just said, here, why don't you also direct this bit? Yeah, take this one. Right? And then there's Roy Del Ruth. He did the sweepstakes ticket, the Fanny Bryce one. He was a writer for Max Sennett, the Keystone Cops, back in the silent era, and worked a lot with Charlie Chaplin. Hmm. Um, and he actually directed the first color film that was ever released by Warner Brothers. Um, and he, he, drew, he directed the Broadway Melody of 1936 and 38 and the Broadway Rhythm. And so he directed a lot of films, but he only directed one, and it's the Fanny Bryce segment yeah. here. Like, what? Then Robert Lewis, he did the Number Please, which is the Keenan Wynn terrible one. And he was a well-known Broadway play director. Which is on, on Wikipedia when they give you, like, the reception stuff. The uh, that one is one that like people called the number please, and um, the Judy Garland bit, understandably, and then the next bit are like the three that were called out as being great. And I was like, I like one and a half of those. Well, here's right. what's weird <laughs> Robert Lewis, who directed that Keenan Witt bit, um, he was one of the founders of the Actors Studio, one of the people who created the method acting, who brought Stanislavski's system to America. Hmm. He was a huge acting director's directing teacher, and that's his bit. He also directed the film version of Anything Goes, like, mo- but mostly he was just stage. But, uh, Weird. What? Well, uh, it's almost like this movie's bad. <laughs> I just I'm. Boggled. I'm boggled. I'm ready to be done. Um, so yeah, let's wrap yeah, it up. Let's, go, the let's go to the good one now. Well, we get a we get a well. I mean, it was sort of a we we started good with Judy. No, and then we it's get like, the really good one now. The, the best that, like, one. This one, like it started, it got going, and I was legitimately like, guys, I'm fucking pissed off that this whole movie was not this yeah. because it's. Yeah. It could have just been that for two hours. It cut, like, it starts with um, a guy sitting on a bench reading a newspaper. The newspaper goes down. It's Fred Astaire. He's in, like, this blue suit with, like, this, uh, um, what do you call the hat? I don't know. The hat that he's wearing. Um, a boater. Yeah, he's wearing a boater. And then uh, he slides over. And there's another man reading a newspaper dressed identical. Oh, it's Gene Kelly. Um, they kind of talk for a minute, and then they have this whole like banter thing. Where um, Fred pretends he doesn't know who he, he is. He pretends he doesn't know who he is, and he's like, oh, did you ever see... Cover Girl. Cover Girl, and he's like, oh, you're Rita Hayworth? Ha ha ha, great. He's like, oh, yeah, nice to meet you, Ginger. Comedy <laughs> gold. Um, they kind of banter again from, and this is the part that feels like a live performance thing where they're kind of like, like you could see this as being like an Oscar, uh, like yeah, on people an, come out to like introduce the Oscar, like yeah, announce yeah, yeah. the Oscar. It's like, oh, I've got to go they, do a little dance. Well, I've got to do dance. Yeah. We're, wait, we're both. Do, well, why don't why we do we, the one we've been rehearsing for two weeks? Well, he's and, like, why don't, why, don't, why don't we just improvise something? Just riff. Oh, just riff. Or we could do the number we've rehearsed for two weeks. Yeah. And so then they dance, and it's this song about two guys who keep meeting each other, and 
they basically they're like I've got to go and then they run into each other as they're trying to leave and it's this whole it's just an excuse for him to fuck around and dance and they're both they both look like they're having so much fun yeah. like you I, I remember when uh, uh after like kind of the first little dance number um cuz it's there's three parts to it which we'll get to but um first one you uh Wendy was like I wonder what they were like working together um, cause obviously, I mean, just looking at them side by side, have very vastly different dance style, <laughs> dance yes. techniques and styles. Um, I can imagine they probably had different. Well, they're both famously perfectionists. Yes. But perfectionists in different ways. Right. Exactly. And I know that they respected each other as dancers incredibly. And of course, Fred Astaire was always spoken of as a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Of course, Gene Kelly famously made Debbie Reynolds cry. <laughs> yeah. Had a great butt, though. After he made her feet bleed. <laughs> Deadass. Um, so I'm really curious as to what it was like for the two of them to rehearse together, how that relationship worked. Right. I bet that was interesting. Yeah. But on screen. Oh, but they're terrific together. Oh. They look like they are having match, the time yeah. of their life. Um, then they do this break, uh, they dance for a minute, then they stop and they go, okay, well, they've next, these two men next are each other 10 years later and they slowly turn around and it's a costume and change. it's a costume <laughs> change. They both have mustaches now. Yes. They have bowlers. They have different, <laughs> they have like brown suits now. Uh-huh. Um, and they do another, they do the same bit where they're like, how are you? I'm great. It, they have like nothing to talk about between the yeah, two of the them. Yeah, the joke so, is that it's it's nothing but uh, social bromides. It's just yes. How are you? I'm good. Olive so oil. Tell, tell your mother and <laughs> how's your wife? Very nice. I have to go. See you later. Like it's yeah. The olive same, oil. Olive oil. What does that mean? I don't know. It's supposed um, to be au revoir, but oh, I didn't even get that joke. Yeah. <laughs> that makes so much more sense now. Thank you for that. Um, and then like there's. Gene Kelly's kicking Fred in the butt, and then Fred yes. turns around and kicking him in the butt, and they're flipping each other. They're knocking each other's bowlers off. I like that. And um, yeah, so there's this sort of friendly rivalry that's happening, but then they're dancing together so great, and then they meet again in heaven. They've it's died. It's twenty years later, <laughs> and now they're in heaven. And they've died, and they're in these beautiful tuxes. With like tails, is, I swear, and they've both so got delightful. goatees, goatees and, and little gray streaks gray in here, and then they've got these and harps. Yeah. Definitely, it's very clear that Fred's been wearing a hat because as soon as he's not, bald spot. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, that immediately aged you twenty years right there, because uh, he still has a very young face. Yeah, he for always, being, he's like it, it, the build of it here. is so elfin. Yes. Yeah, his face is so elfin that it carried him a long time. Mm-hmm. So then they've got these probably about two foot wide harps yeah, that they're, they're holding. Huge. They're huge, and they're dancing with them and sort of swaying and <laughs> tapping and and pretending to play them. And then there comes a point where they both just throw <laughs> them off <laughs> yeah. off screen. It's hilarious. And then they start dancing with each other, but like ballroom dancing. Yes. And that's where it goes from good to great. It's <laughs> yeah. so great. And then at the very end, the harps drop down into their hands yes. at the last second so they can pose with him. Like not fly in, literally dropped drop, yeah. in. <laughs> and that was like, that was the button of gold. I'm like, ah, oh, that's perfect. Yes. It was so good. 
It really was. <sighs> why wasn't everything else in this movie that? Also, uh, why didn't we get more Fred and Jean together? I know. This was only two. The only other time they danced together was in That's Entertainment 2. Which, it said that, and I didn't look it up, but part of me is like, I feel like maybe in That's Entertainment 2, you're just showing this clip, so it's still just this one <laughs> right, time. Right, right. <laughs> Unless they did like an intro bit. Anyway. Uh, Wonderful. It's, it's so good. It's, it's so good. funny. It's great. Then and we go into the, the last, last number. The last number, which is Beauty, where Catherine Grayson, star of Kiss Me Kate and Showboat, sings a lovely song in a lovely dress, and then it pans over and there are giant bubbles. We've talked about the bubbles, and Sid dances into the bubbles. There's like but as maybe 20 panning. seconds of her dancing, though. Like, yeah, because that's like, all that yeah. was left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like dances out of, a, out of bubbles and then like spins and goes right back in and you never see her again. Yeah. But before... <laughs> and that's where Sid Charisse died. <laughs> as we're transitioning into that is where somebody walks in front of the camera. Yeah. Uh, yes, because she's singing and she's on. Yeah, it's right at the beginning of that number. Yeah, yeah, it's when she finishes her song as they're about to start and, the dance yeah, and part. And, like, it, the thing is rotating away and then, like, somebody <laughs> walks in front of the camera and you're like, what the fuck is somebody... Yeah, and that... so you're thinking it's on purpose and they're going to come in and, like, well, who's who's entering the scene now? No, no it's just... It's just a fuck up that they had to... <laughs> you spent how many millions and you left that in? What the shit? They were th- those bubbles were slowly well, I mean, eating the stage away and well, killing people. Clearly, like the, that version is the best edit they could <laughs> right. cobble together of whatever it like, was. Like they caught they it shot. after the fact. Like, well, fuck! Like it's too late. Like, well, <sighs> I guess leave it. Like we don't have that gown anymore. <laughs> the set's gone. Well, that's just the way it's got to be. <laughs> what the hell? It's so weird. And then. um... And then it just ends. So. It ends. Yeah. It, That's it. So the it, end. She hits the overdubbed note. And it just says, Zigfield Follies. The end. The fuck? We don't even go back to Zigfield. Or, which, by the way, I wasn't like clamoring for more. But it just felt weird that it's just like, we're d- okay, we're done now. Yep. It, and they filmed so many more scenes. Yeah. Like, if you look through the trivia, like, they also filmed this number, and they filmed this number, and they... When you said that early on, I was like, oh, that'd be interesting to watch. Don't care now. No. Yeah. No. Not gonna do it, but... <laughs> no, and apparently, like, if they'd put them all in, it would have been a three-hour movie. Thank yeah. God you I'm cut them. Fucking blow my brains out. Then again, if they were dance numbers, yeah, if I been... would have been more on board. That's true. Hard to say. Yeah, I mean... Especially if they had that lavish production production design and yeah. and bonkers sense of fashion design, <laughs> like the fashion design. Just I feel like because I noticed there were like two costumers, like there was both Irene and Sharaffe were two names that popped up. I feel like the two of them were trying to one up each other. Oh, Maybe. oh, you <laughs> that's what you're doing. Well, I'm going to put lilies on their head. Well, fine. I'm going to put a butterfly on her head. We'll just see who ends up making the craziest looking shit. I'll buy it. That's what I think. So, guys, here's so, the thing. Do we want to keep trying to watch movies that nobody's seen, that nobody's heard of? I mean, I don't mind watching it. I just... I don't plan to really watch it again. Other than yeah. fast-forwarding to Fred and Jean. It's... 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't regret the fact that we watched it. It's interesting. It's also good because now we do understand why all these people that we keep hearing about were involved with this. But, like, I never need to see it again. I'm good. I'll just, yeah. If I ever get the hankering, I'll just watch Fred and Gene on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm sure you can find that one scene. and it's. I'm sure we'll post it the yeah. week yeah. this episode comes <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes and spare you having to watch all of this. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I, I think that, like Showboat, like, I'm glad that I saw it. To know where it sits in the history of these things that we've, you know, yeah. how, how it all ties together. But that was enough. I, you know, I feel like this adds another nail in my argument that I'm building that Vincent Minnelli was not actually a good director. Yeah, I just throw colors yeah. on the screen and yeah, like he's one of the most famous musical director there directors there is. But when I think of his direction, it's so turgid. Like yeah. that's the best word I can think of for oh, it's it. It's pronounced turd. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it just floats there. Yeah. <laughs> it just—it doesn't float. It just lolls about. Just so this you know. is this is the thing that I was reading. Okay, so the New York Times uh, review of it was like the film's best numbers are a couple of comedy skits, especially one done by Red Skelton. Fanny Bryce plays a Bronx housefrau quite funnily. Ziegfeld Follies is entertaining, and that's what it's meant to be. Is, so it, is, is it though? Yeah, was it? Because I didn't watch that movie. Famously, Buster Keaton threw shade of like, you know what? MGM has never really gotten how to do comedy. It's not wrong. This was a perfect example of that. Except Singing in the Rain is fucking hilarious. That's true. Yeah, that's okay. This one was not. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So, yeah. I mean, we could do favorite numbers, but I think we're all going to say the same thing. Gene Kelly! Yeah, yeah, I mean, only one. Nothing else is even close. I like, mean, the, no, there are away. other numbers I did enjoy, but that one but is... But that one just the, is so oh, yeah. much better than... Far and away. Yeah. yeah. Better than anything else. Like, I'm probably going to cleanse my palate before I go to bed and just watch it one more time. Just that That's number. Fair. Just that number. So, uh, so all yeah, right, so but... Mis- mystery movies, we're now one for three. Right? I feel like Starstruck counts for a lot, though, because that... That was gold. So good. It was. I'm so glad. Like, I don't want to stop waiting in and watching things I've never seen. Right. I just want to... But I think I am going to be a little bit more like, okay, if I've never seen it and I've never heard of it, there's probably a reason yeah. why. Yeah. But Expectations there's also, will be lowered a little but bit. But there's also probably a nugget of gold buried we'll in there one. that makes it worthwhile. Because, yeah. like, Always Fair Weather had Dolores Gray and her Flippy Boys. Mm-hmm. Right? We got the roller skating. We got we the got, roller skating. There's good moments in that movie. And the yeah. trash can dancing. Yeah. yeah. Right? But And this one, we got Judy Garland. And we got Lucille Ball with a whip. And we got Fred and Jean together. Yeah. Also, Citrus and Bubbles. Yeah. I just want more of that. Like, that that set design such, at the end in that last little number is so crazy. in this. And I, granted, she wasn't. Obviously, it wasn't it was like the her name thing, yet. Yeah. She was just a featured dancer. Yeah. I mean, I, she was even on the with, with yeah. Sid Cherise. I just wanted more of her. As, every time she was on screen, I was just like, please, more? She's amazing. Why Why can we not have... Let's just stop everything and watch her for the next well, hour. <laughs> I also find it interesting. She's so limited Until to just... Until it's time just, for Fred and Jean to dance, and then we'll go home. She's just ballet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You don't get any of her... 
Yeah. Me and her, like, and it's amazing. so funny because I know her best from Singing in the Rain and the Bandwagon and Silk Stockings and that style of dance. That I'm like, yeah, I mean, I know you were a ballet dancer and I can see that you're a trained ballet dancer just in the way you move, but... You don't get any of her crazy legs or anything Yeah, like it's that. just her being on point and yep. doing beautiful ballet forms. I'm like, you're wasting all that leg. <laughs> what are you doing? That The assets are not being displayed properly. So, um... Okay, so that was uh, Ziegfeld Follies. That was Ziegfeld Follies. I am curious about Ziegfeld Girl. Yes, with Judy Garland. Yes, I do want to see. I, I, I want to see that one for sure. Yeah. yeah. And who else was in? It was Lana so, Turner yes. and uh, Hedy Lamarr. Hedy Lamarr yeah. was the other one. Yeah, Hedy yeah. Lamarr. I'm a fan. I like her. She's pretty. So we'll definitely have to do that one. Yeah. Hopefully, knock on wood. Uh, um, because I've never seen that one either. I've just started going to Half Price Books and picking up random classics. <laughs> Guys, and we have, I got a two-pack of Eleanor Powell's. So those are also, nice. I mean, like they're probably we like paper-thin plots, but they're going to have great dancing by Ms. Powell. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Okay, we need to end this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to edit a lot of this shit out. All right, so... Uh, I'm just ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so that was Ziegfeld Follies. I've been Wendy. I'm Vinny. And Mike. And goodbye forever. Rate, rate review, subscribe. Oh yeah, rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, send us a message. Talk to us on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. And uh, next week we have no idea what we're gonna do. We'll find out when you find out. You'll find yep. out when we find out. All of the above. Yes, all of those things. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education.